0: Hello, and welcome to the Praise Arrow podcast. The following is a conversation I had with Kevin Palmieri, the CFO, founder, and co-host of Next Level University, which is a global top 100 podcast under the self-improvement category with more than a 1,000 episodes and 650,000 plus listens in over 125 countries. He's given hundreds of speeches, trainings, and coaching calls with people all over the world, he mainly talks about consistency, commitment, habits, mindset, confidence, fear, relationships, limiting beliefs, and everything in between. Happy listening. Okay, thank you, Kevin, for making it today. I'm, I'm truly honored, honestly. <laughs> it's a pleasure.
1: Well, I appreciate you having me. I'm excited to chat, and uh, I don't know where we're going to go, but I'm excited to find out.
0: All right. I, I would like to, first of all, start by hearing your full story. I read about it. I read a little bit on the website. I read your bio and I thought, okay, this is really interesting, but I wanna hear you say it. You know, I also mentioned before, you've probably said it like a thousand and one times, but I guess with each time you figure out a new way to say things and communicate it to the audience. So let's hear that.
1: I think it's it's interesting too, Praise, because the message is only as valuable as the messenger. So I might say something that's been said a a million times, but somebody might connect with me in a different way. So I try to remember that every time I say it. I always start with just a little bit of context. So I was raised by my mom and my grandmother. I didn't know my dad. I didn't meet my dad until I was 27. So I always throw that in there because that is one of the big reasons I am who I am today and you never know. Somebody might hear that and say, okay, cool, I connect with that at a deep level. My story really starts in my mid-20s. That's really where things started to get interesting and weird. And that's where a lot of the impact happened for me. So if you were to look at me when I was 25, you would see a 25-year-old man who had just won a bodybuilding show and had a girlfriend that was a model and had a high-paying job and had a sports car and had a new apartment. And you would think to yourself, maybe, wow, he's really happy. He's really fulfilled. He's really crushing it. When in reality, that was just not the truth. I looked very successful, but I did not feel successful. I was very insecure. I was very scarce. I was not confident. I was not what I looked like on the outside internally. So one day my girlfriend came to me. We lived together in New Hampshire in the United States. She came to me and said, Kev, I want to move to California across the country and I want to chase my dreams. And I was so scarce and so afraid of being left behind that I gave her every reason in the world why she shouldn't do it. I said, you're most likely going to fail, gas prices, real estate, being an entrepreneur is hard, whatever. Insert excuse here so I could stay with this person. Obviously, as you can imagine, Praise, that conversation did not go well and it did not end well. So she ended up leaving me and chasing her dreams. And that's exactly what she should have done and I'm grateful she did because I don't want to hold somebody back from their dreams even though at the time I thought that's what I wanted. When she left, I had to look in the mirror and say, okay, who's going to love this version of Kevin? This broken version of Kevin who doesn't really love himself, who could possibly love him? Now, here's the problem. I was on that line for a little bit and I said, I'm going to work on myself. I'm going to become more confident. But I also thought I need to make more money. I thought, you know what, if I make more money than I'm making now, I'll probably fix all this other stuff. I'm sure I can just go to the store and buy things and it'll make me feel really good. Let me do that. So I said, this is the year that I'm going to make the most money I've ever made in my entire life. So if you fast forward to the beginning of that year, I ended up getting a promotion at my job and I was a foreman for the company that I worked for. The job that I did was in the weatherization industry. All you need to know is we went into buildings and we made them more energy efficient. Since I worked for state buildings, I got paid anywhere from $60 to $120 an hour, depending on where I was working. And that was really good money for me because I didn't go to college. Yeah, and, that's good. Right? I'm in. I am in. Let me do this. <laughs> so my my main focus and my main intention for that year was to make as much money as humanly possible. Now, most of the jobs that we did were on the road. So I lived in New Hampshire, but I worked on the road for 10 months out of the next 12 months. So every single week I was staying in hotels I was driving six hours to another state, 12 hours to another state, quite literally living on the road. But I was making really good money, and that's what I cared about. So we get to the end of the year. I have my final pay stub in my hand. I'm standing at my kitchen table because my ex-girlfriend took the chairs. They were her chairs, and I was never home, so I never got new ones. And I open my final pay stub, and I made $100,000 at 26 with no college degree. And I had another one of those moments where I said, wow, I should really be happy. I should really be fulfilled. I should really be confident. I should be all these things that I'm not. And I realized that for most of my life, I had lived unconsciously. Unconsciously, just going through the motions, just going with the flow. What's the opposite of unconscious? Hyperconscious. So I started a podcast called the Hyperconscious Podcast. I felt yes, it. In- so. Go ahead.
0: Just one question, right? Mm-hmm. Did this... When you started the Hyperconscious podcast, mm-hmm. is that before you hit rock bottom? Mm-mm.
1: Oh, yes. Yes. So that, was, yes. So that was before you hit rock bottom, yes. right? Yes. Okay. That was one of the reasons I hit rock bottom, but not for the reason you might think. So okay. I fell in love with this podcast, even though it was nothing and nobody was listening and nobody cared. I was having deep conversations with people about things that matter. And I was like, wow, I can express myself and I can be myself and I can talk about this deep stuff. That's awesome. So I fell in love with a podcast. I fell out of love with my job. And I start calling out of work. I start leaving the job site early. I start showing up late. I just don't care. I'm done. But I'm not at the point where I can just go be a podcaster. And I don't know how to make money. I don't know anything about business. So I felt like I was being pulled in between these these two worlds. And my mental health was taking a turn because I was just doing so much traveling and not sleeping and not eating well. And it was just, it was terrible. And it kept getting worse and worse. And I knew something had to shift, but I didn't know what to shift. So I was in a hotel room in New Jersey and my alarm clock went off at probably 5.15 in the morning. I sat up, I slid to the edge of the bed. I was lacing up my work boots and I had done this a thousand times. So this was no different than any other day, except that morning, it felt like there was 10 televisions on in my head at the same time. And every single one was on a different station. And one was saying, you're stuck here forever. I know you want to leave this job. I know you want to go do something else, but that's not going to happen. Like you are so lucky to have this job. Do not mess this up. If you do work up the courage to leave, what are your friends going to think? Your friends all look up to you because you make a lot of money. What is your family going to think? You make more money than anybody in your family. And if you do work up the courage to leave, do you really think you're going to ride this podcast off into the sunset? Is that, is that really what we're going to do here? That's what's going to happen? And in that moment, Praise, I thought that if I was to take my life, I would take my problems with me. And that was the darkest place I've ever been. That was the most helpless, the most hopeless I've ever felt. But the one thing I did have was I had people who I knew cared about me. And I reached out to one of my friends, who's now my business partner, and I sent him a message and explained what was going on. And I was vulnerable, and I was brave, and I was courageous. And he said, Kev, over the last couple years, your awareness has changed, your habits have changed, but your environments have stayed the same. I think it's time for you to change your environment. So three or four months later, I ended up leaving that job and then becoming a very broke entrepreneur, trying to figure out how to succeed in life, and that's... That was I left my job I think four years ago. So I've been doing this full time every day now for the last four years. Four years.
0: And at what point did you at what point did you really start making progress with the podcast?
1: I would say probably two years in. So we didn't make a dime from the podcast for the first two years. The first year we had one thousand fifty four listens. So like there was not a lot happening. In the first year, and the second year was not much better than the first. So, probably two and a half, three years before we started to see much progress.
0: Okay. And you guys have 1,178 episodes (laughs) down. Yeah. That's crazy. You guys release an episode every single day. It's a lot. Wow. Wow. But anyway, you guys do this full time. Plus, you're speaking at different conferences, traveling from place to place. How do you get all this
1: in? just being very, very regimented and disciplined. And, and this is the other thing too. It's a non-negotiable, right? Like we all have non-negotiables where you won't miss. There's certain things that you have decided within yourself and it's part of your identity that you will not miss that thing. The podcast is that for us. I have a, I feel a very high level of responsibility to show up every day because I've said it publicly on so many episodes. Number one, number two, I have so much built in accountability cause I have a business partner, right? There's some days he doesn't want to show up and I kick him in the butt. There's other days mm-hmm. I don't want to show up and he kicks me in the butt. And then the third thing really praise is we want to have the biggest impact that we can possible. And if I'm taking days off, if I'm not showing up, if I'm not being the best version of me, I'm not going to be able to have the impact that I want. So it's those three things underneath. And then we're just very regimented to make sure that we can get everything done again. I still don't get everything I need to get done, done, right? There's stuff that I should be doing today that I'm just not going to get done. I just try to make sure I'm getting the most important stuff done every day.
0: Right. So let's talk about your business partner. Mm. Is that Alan? That is Alan. Okay. So how did you guys meet and what role exactly did he play in getting you to this point, getting you out of that state of, you know, unconsciousness that you mentioned earlier
1: i actually kissed some of the popular girls in alan's basement we played spin the bottle when we were in middle school i think so i've known alan we grew up in the same town we went to middle school and we went to high school together so i've known alan since i was i don't know 10 or 11 probably maybe even earlier than that in high school we had a falling out because alan was very 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 confident And I was a jock, but I was very, very insecure. So we did not. I
0: would have thought it was the
1: other way around. I know. Trust me, if you met Alan, you'd say, "Mm, "Yep, it makes sense. It makes sense." the The level of belief that he has in himself is just—I've never seen anything like it. Nothing is impossible for Alan. He does not believe anything is impossible, and that's the way he lives his life. And honestly, praise—that's the one of the biggest things he's done to help me is—he's been mentoring me since the beginning. He was the person I texted when I was at my lowest. He's the person I say, "Hey, what book should I be reading? Hey, what courses should I take? He's been the he, he's been a role model in a lot of ways, but he also has been the person who I know has many of the answers that I'm looking for. So not only has he been a best friend, he's been a brother, he's been a mentor. And he's used his higher level of awareness in business and math, whatever to help me. But on the other end, I've helped him a lot with emotional intelligence. I've helped him a lot with understanding humans and understanding the human experience. And I think we're a very, very good mix of people when it comes down to it.
0: Oh, that's cool. Understanding humans. That seems like a very a very alien thing to say. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about you and... Your core message, you try to get out every time you go to speak to a new set of people. What's that one thing you want people to understand based on
1: your story and your experience so far? Uh, I would say the the number one thing is nothing. Well, let me put it this way. It's never going to happen where everything changes overnight. But there's no reason something can't change every day. That's really my ultimate message is I don't want you to think that when you leave this podcast episode, you're going to go do something that's going to change your life immediately. I don't want you to think that because I don't think that's real for most of us. What I do want you to take away is I have the possibility to go shift one thing in my life that will help me build momentum. That is really my, my ultimate goal. I don't, I don't necessarily want to motivate or inspire. I want somebody to ask themselves a question that they've never asked before and i want them to have the courage to answer it because with that new awareness there is a potential for a new opportunity and a new decision that's interesting you know
0: when you talk about asking yourself a question you've never asked yourself before i recall something you, you mentioned about being unconscious you know the the state of society is such that there are things you're expected to do so in your case maybe you didn't go to you didn't get a degree but for a lot of people the the standard is okay, you get a degree and then you get a job maybe in this particular field, which is all well and good, but at some point, you don't even realize when you just start going through the motions, right? Mm-hmm. you know you're expected to live like this, so you're living you're living like that, you're expected to talk in, in a certain way, act in a certain way, and then you just get to a point where you realize, okay, I've just been doing the same thing over and over, I've never really stopped to ask myself some critical questions and then they meet someone like you or meet a friend oh you know you had you had alan and that was great you meet someone who sort of challenges you to to live above yourself and i think that's that's something that we need Mm. i i realize i have a friend who really helped me out i think two years ago i was just in this sort of abyss i'd been doing the same thing over and over and it was good it was fine it's it's not like I was doing anything particularly wrong but you know I just reached this roadblock where you're like I'm not sure why of why I'm doing the things I'm doing anymore and what I would say my friend helped me do is to see in me those things which I couldn't see in myself Mm -hmm. because you know sometimes when you're at the bottom it just you're just in this dark hole and you feel you can't see through and you need someone to sort of pull you out tell you okay you've got this potential there are a lot of great things about you and there's still a long way for you to go, but you need to sit and ask yourself some really tough questions about what it is you want to be doing. So I, I want to talk about your your relationship with your business partner and how you guys help each other out on a day-to-day basis. Because I don't believe it's something that just happened once mm. and you guys moved on. So you've talked about how Alan helped you. What, what do you think is your role in Alan's life and in the whole podcast story? How how have you guys supported each other?
1: Yeah, one of the things I think you said, the way I said something, it was almost like an alien would say it, uh, that that very much is how Alan was when I first met him. Alan, Alan's a genius. Alan has never not believed in himself. He doesn't understand what it's like not to be confident. And the vast majority of human beings are not that confident. So I told Alan early on, I said, Alan, you have to understand I'm going to understand most of the listeners far better than you because I've been them. You never have. Mm-hmm. You don't know what it's like not to believe in yourself. True. Right? Everything you've ever done, you've accomplished. Or everything you've ever said you wanted to accomplish, you, you've accomplished. Alan ran a marathon on one day's notice because he was like, well, I think I can do it. Now, he, he only die. made it. He, he almost did. He only made it, I think, like three quarters of the way. But still, the fact that he believes he could is like, that's a level of belief that is just, it, is tremendous. So I've helped him understand the human experience. His experience is just super weird. And I think I've also helped him understand that you have to accurately see somebody's potential because if not, you can put them through a lot of pain that they don't necessarily want. If I came to you, Praise, and I said, how successful do you want your podcast to be? and you said, I wanna be at the level that you guys are, I would then say to you, okay, cool, are you ready to work 12 hour days, five days uh-huh. a week, and then work a half day on Saturday? And At least that's my experience. At least understanding that some people say they want something, but it doesn't necessarily mean they want the process. And that's okay. True. Many of us don't know the process. If we knew the process, we would be able to get the thing. Right, so it's that interesting thing. So I've definitely helped him understand that at a deep level. The beautiful thing that we have is we live in the truth. We just tell each other the truth. Alan, I know how to title the episodes better than you do. That's why I've titled them all. Alan knows business better than I and and numbers. That's why he's in charge of that. He's the CEO because I do not have the vision that he has. I'm the CFO because I love money and I love focusing on money. So we live in the truth praise and it's simple. We both have very similar core beliefs We have very similar core values and we have very similar core aspirations. If we want to be as successful in terms of impact and profitability and mastery, we must be truthful with one another. I am better at some things. Alan is better at the other things. Let me pilot the things I'm better at. He can pilot the things he's better at and we just live in the truth. And I think that's one of the things that's really served us as a business, but also as a business partnership.
0: Wow, Kevin, that sounds like something from your recent podcast. I believe you guys talked about, you know, roles and one person leading mm-hmm. and the other person, you know, going to take the sort of co-pilot role or something like yep. that. What I, what I love most about what you just said is the part about speaking, like telling each other the truth. It seems simple, but it's not. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people don't have that. Someone who can always tell you the truth and who you know is going to be willing to hear the truth from you that's that's invaluable so let's let's talk about some of the people you've interviewed i know you guys have had the opportunity to talk to a lot of great a lot of great minds in different industries like dean graziosi evan carmichael what is i mean if you sum up your experience talking to all these people or any of your other guests what would you say you've noticed that they share in common or maybe one unique lesson or a few unique lessons you've learned from them, from just observing uh, these people? Hmm.
1: I would say number one, they're all very, very, very familiar with their adversity. So whether it's Evan Carmichael, Dean Graziosi, Lori Harder, all of the, the amazing guests we've had on, they're all very, very, very aware of the trials and tribulations they've been through. And when I say aware, I mean they don't run from them. They're at the stage in their life where they understand this is something that can actually drive me to do better. That's a big one. They've used their adversity as their advantage. And I, I understand that uh, that's very challenging depending on what your adversity is. So I don't want that to be a blanket statement. That's just something that I I've, yeah. I've taken away. The other thing is they all started from nothing. I mean, that's like the most inspirational perspective you can have is... Evan Carmichael's been u- doing YouTube every day for 9 years or something like that. We were just in Toronto recently, we interviewed him again. And it's not necessarily that people are better than you, they're probably just further along than you. That's that was a mindset shift that helped me so much. It's like we're only if I'm 5 years into my journey and I'm comparing to 15 year in journey praise, I'm probably not going to feel very good about myself. Yeah, well, I, I'm not 15
0: years no, in my no, but, journey. I know that's an example, right, but right. just, you know, for the listeners, I just wanna be clear.
1: <laughs> so even if, okay, let's reverse it. If praise says, this is where I'm at at my journey in my podcast, and I'm comparing to Kevin, who's, uh-huh. ha- t- whatever, 1178 episodes in, but where was I at your point in the journey? That's the question to ask. And I think that we lose sight of that a little bit And we assume that where somebody is today is where they've been forever. And where we are today is where we're going to be forever. When in reality, that's just not the truth. It's just very hard to account for time. So that would be the second thing is time is something that it's very hard to account for, whether it's positive habits or negative habits. And a lot of us assume that we're going to be where we are today forever. And a lot of us assume where somebody is, is just where they've been when in reality, it's most likely the highest they've ever made it. They're just we're seeing them in a certain point in time.
0: Yeah. Got it. Got it. So what do you make about how they how they've dealt with their adversity? Because I think that's that's really hard. We deal with adversity differently. You know, sometimes you want to run from it. For some people it makes them stronger, for others it's like, okay, one blow and you're just down. Mm-hmm. So, how how would you say how would you recommend the average person deals with adversity?
1: I think one of the the challenges is if you have adversity but you don't have an avenue to direct it, I think that's where a lot of people get stuck. So anybody that has adversity or has adversity or is going through adversity, I would ask what are your ultimate goals? What are what are your ultimate long-term goals because if you don't have long-term goals, you're probably just going to ruminate on what's already happened to you. When if you do have long-term goals, you're going to say, well, how can what has happened to me help me and help other people in the future? This is And this is Evan Carmichael's quote, so I can't take credit for this. But he says, your purpose comes from your deepest pain. Your purpose comes from oh, your yeah. deepest pain. And it's it sounds very simple. And honestly, in most of the experiences I've had, that's really what it is for many people. They're their purpose is how do I solve or how do I help other people avoid the pain that I've gone through or help people avoid the pain that I figured out how to avoid. It depends on the goal. If you have a big goal, I think it'll be easier for you to use your adversity as an advantage. If you don't have any goals, it's going to be very hard for you to use your adversity in a productive manner. It might actually become the reason you don't set goals. Well, I've been through this. So, There's no reason for me to be successful or I could never be successful because of what I've been through. I think the goals, you got to check in with the goals. There has to be a level of necessity for you to use it as rocket fuel instead of a rock.
0: Yeah. You know, the thing about goals is sometimes we're scared. Okay, let's not say we. Let's say me, (laughs) right? Sometimes I get scared to set goals. I do set set goals, you know, long-term and everything. But then once you set a goal, there's the fear that you might not achieve that goal. It's like once you've written it down, then you're telling yourself this is the standard for success. You're making it clear. And once you've made the standard for success very clear, it means you've also made the standard for failure Mm -hmm. clear as well. And so that's a little bit scary. And when you meet adversity, you you can tell yourself, oh, well, you know, it wasn't really my goal to get to this particular point, so I didn't really fail. And then you back down. How do you work through that?
1: Yeah, your experience. The understanding that, and again, it's, it's a hard one, and it, com- it comes with experience and it comes with time. The understanding that if you set a goal and you only accomplish 50% of that goal, it's probably still 100% more than you would have accomplished if you didn't set the goal. So uh. just as an example, say we wanna make a million dollars next year and we set that goal. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna make a million dollars next year. This is what happens. Then we have to reverse engineer, okay, what are we gonna do differently? So right off the bat, you're already going to be more successful than if you didn't have goals because you're gonna strategize differently. Yeah. Then you, if you get halfway, you're still way further than you did or you would have been if you just didn't set any goals and you said, ah, I'll just see what happens. So I think one of the the important things praise is you have to de- detach your self-worth from your outcomes. If you if you only feel good when you do good, how often are you going to feel good? Right? Now, obviously there's a fine line because I want you to feel good when you do good. And yeah. I want you to improve when you don't do as well as you want, but it can't it cannot become your identity. I am a failure because I did not hit my goal. No, no, no you're actually a success because you achieved way more than you did last year. So I think it's that. It's it's the understanding and the awareness that goal setting is not setting you up for failure. It's setting you up for perspective and potential success. And then it's the opportunity to reframe and say, just because I didn't accomplish my goal does not make me a failure. Right? Because yeah. if I didn't set this goal, I never would have accomplished most of what I accomplished today. The other beautiful thing about that is sometimes you get goals that you didn't set. I never planned on being on as many podcasts as I'm on. I'm on podcasts all the time. Great. I love it. It's my favorite thing in the world to do. But that's a byproduct of the other goals that we've set. So it's this weird thing with sometimes you go to the store for bread and you come back with bread and a candy bar. Sometimes they're out of bread, but they got milk and you, you come back with milk. Your goals aren't necessarily going to get you exactly what you think but oftentimes they're going to get you a bunch of things that you didn't expect that you will appreciate.
0: Cool. Well, I'm going to have to listen to that a few more times because <laughs> that, that was really packed. Thank you. Of course. So in the past few years doing the podcast and you know just working through everything about Next Level Universe, what would you say are the top lessons you've learned personally on your journey hmm. that have helped you grow as a person.
1: Number one, from day to day, progress is invisible. From year to year, progress is impossible to miss. That's the biggest one. Because, it, you, you know what I mean? So, praise, you might do a podcast episode tomorrow, and you're going to be marginally better than you are today. No, you're not going to notice it. You're not going to recognize it. But if you listen to this episode next year, you're going to say, oh my goodness, how far have I come? <laughs> How far have I come?
0: What was I saying?
1: <laughs> so that's one of the big things. I think the, the other lesson that I've learned is it is wildly challenging to try to fill three buckets at the same time. So we always talk about life, love, health, and wealth. So just love, health, and wealth. It's very hard to grow a business and get in better shape and improve your relationship at the same time. It is very, very, very challenging. And now more than ever, I don't think that there is balance. I think that there is juggling. I think that the business has grown so much this year, but also I am not as in good a shape as I was at the beginning of the year. And there were several check-ins in my relationship where I had to say, you know what? I have to dedicate more time to my wife and our love life or my family life, or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. Understanding that... Uh, there might be a lot of up in a year, but there's also going to be other buckets that are not growing at the same level. And you have to decide consciously, what are you okay with lagging behind? There's only so much time in the day to go to the gym, to build a business, to spend time with your loved ones. You have to get very, very honest about what's important to you and what buckets are the most important ones to be full for you. That That is a huge understanding for me.
0: Okay. Well, those are those are two major lessons I would say. The second one, especially, I, for me, I try to juggle things all the time. Mm. And my my first podcast was on the topic, the curse of the multi talented. So it, it focused on people who grow up, you know, just being able to do a lot of things. Mm. And so you you have that mindset that you have to be excellent at all these things. Mm. So I think it also plays. It also shows in everyday life. You want to be excellent at relationships. I mean, you should be great. These are like key, these are core parts of your life, right? But I mean, you want to just like fight to be perfect at all these things all the time. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that's really hard to do. If you, from my part of the world at least, you hear a lot about balance, balance, balance. I guess, I guess probably it's the same for your part of the world. I don't know. But you hear about balance all the time. And, you know, having a perfectly balanced life, you need to make sure you do this, you know, in a balanced manner and get this part right, get that part right. Um Well, I think there's also an extreme where people are like, you have to just pick one and chase that and realize that you can't, you can't get the other parts right. So what you're saying is, you know, you have these moments where you're putting a lot of effort in one direction and then you have a moment where you have to, you know, put effort in the other direction. Is that what you're saying?
1: Yeah, I'm saying... It's 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 very it's the in-between, right? I do not want you to go all... Don't just go all in on your business and let your family and body crumble and health crumble. Do not do that. But there's also that fine line of if you... Say you have eight hours a day that you can, you can put out energy. Or let's just say nine. We'll just say nine. If you want, you can put three hours into work, you can put three hours into fitness, and you can put three hours into family. You can do that. But just understand that nothing is going to grow at the same rate. If you're only putting three hours into business, you're going to get three hours worth of results out. Now, in the business scale, that's probably not that much. Three hours of fitness is a lot. That's a lot of fitness in a day. Cool, do that. That's great. Three hours of family might be a lot too. I think that we're in this interesting time where people say, no, there's no such thing as sacrifice. I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that. By definition, me being here with praise suggests that I cannot do something else in this given moment. Right? Yeah. Now, is that a sacrifice that I'm willing to make? Yes, I would rather be here than whatever else it would, you know, I'd be doing. But that's still a sacrifice. So every hour I spend with praise is an hour that I'm not working out or spending with my wife. I just think that's important to put out there because, yeah, you can reframe it and say, well, it's not a sacrifice because I'm choosing to do it. Sure, I'm okay with that. But just understand that there's only so much time in the day for you to pour into these buckets and you have to have a running tally and think of it as like the gas gauge on your car. Okay, where is the fuel line on my relationship? I have not been pouring that much into it. I need to get my stuff together. Like, I need to re... I just changed my schedule from... I was doing 10 a.m. until 8 p.m. Pretty much five days a week. And that's only the that's only front-facing. I'm getting up at 4 a.m. and working, you know, before that too. Where my wife uh, said, hey, I'd like a little bit more time. Like, I'd, I'd like to be able to have dinner with you occasionally. That would be really nice. So I switched my schedule from 9 a.m. till 6 p.m. Because the bucket of relationship was not getting filled. The bucket of business is growing, but the bucket of relationship wasn't. So that's just what I mean when I say that.
0: So there's a sort of
1: negotiation going on between Mm -hmm. these different parts of your life. Yep, You can have it all. I just don't think you can have it all at the same time. Uh, Got it, got it. At the same time, at the same rate. I'll say that.
0: Right, yeah, yeah, so what would you say to what would you say to someone who is sort of starting out and is in the position you were at four years ago, four or five years ago, right, mm-hmm. somewhere in between yep. you know that's sort of stuck and doesn't know what decision to make, or let's say someone who is still on that journey like hasn't gotten to that point yet if you could if you could go back to sort of prevent yourself from getting to that point? Maybe you're not going to do that because, you know, getting there has brought you where you are now. But let's
1: say you just wanted to stop
0: yourself from getting to that point. What
1: would you do differently? I think I would have focused more on self-awareness and self-improvement. I was pretty self-aware. But I really should have been self-aware enough to know that going and making a you know 25% more money is not going to fix 100% of your problems. I should have been aware enough to know that. I just should have known that. I would have, I would have doubled down on self-awareness. And a lot of people say, "Well, how do you become self-aware?" You learn. Because when you learn what's happening is you're getting information that's creating perspective, which is helping you see yourself more accurately. That's the beauty of podcasts. You get to hear people's stories and you say, Wow, I think about that all the time. Maybe I'm more self-aware than I thought. I've never thought about that ever before. Wow, how self-aware am I actually? Now I can practice that a little bit more. I think the perspective gives you opportunities to make shifts. So I would have focused more on learning and I would have focused more on self-awareness. If you're a little bit later and you're really... I'll just say you're, you're not enjoying what you're doing and you're looking for a way to start something else... I would say identify the mud. This is all I mean by that. Many of us are living on a patch of brown grass. It's dying. We don't want to be there anymore. It's not nutritious. We don't enjoy being there. A lot of us are assuming we're gonna jump right to green grass. I don't think that exists. There's some level of mud that you're gonna have to crawl through to go from where you are to where you want to be. You have to identify your mud. For me, my mud was being broke for two years going into credit card debt, not being able to buy Christmas presents for my girlfriend, now wife. That was my mud. Where your mud, if you have a family and a mortgage and children and more responsibilities, your mud might be grinding it out at your job for the next year and a half while you Mm -hmm. experience some of your side gigs. We're all going to face some sort of mud, I think. And I think a lot of us are, we're waiting for the grass to turn green. When in reality... you're going to have to crawl through the mud in some way, shape, or form. So the faster you identify the mud, the faster you can say, am I actually willing to crawl through that? Oh, yeah. So
0: you do have to, the part about, you know, when you mentioned the part about the person who has a family, a a mortgage, and all of that, I think that's a situation most people find themselves in because by the time you get to the point where you you actually become self-aware, it's like you've lived through this phase for so long and you're already like so neck deep mm. in, in you know, your job and where you are right now. And then you realize, OK, I, I can't just jump up and leave yeah. and all of that. I still have things to do. But what, what I think happens is that that responsibility sort of keeps the person there and it becomes an excuse instead of, you know, just a, just instead of just realizing that, okay, I, I'm going to have to get through this for a while and then work at something else. I think it's easier to just say, you know, I've got kids, so mm-hmm. I can't do this. I've got a family. I've got a mortgage to pay. So this is not happening. Yeah.
1: It and might though, be harder. I mean, that's I'll, I'll throw that out there. It, it's probably, it's, it's hard actually. Right. Yeah. It's probably going to be, it will be more challenging contextually and circumstantially for some people, 100%, 100%. But what the other option is just keep doing the same thing. That's up to you. That's that's your choice. And I, I try to throw that out there where, look, I didn't have kids. My car was paid off. I was in a very good situation. So I understand I had a lot of privilege when it came to that opportunity. And circumstantially, I was in a good spot. But for you, if you're uh-huh. out there, ask yourself, if not now, if I don't start building brick by brick, when, when am I going to start? When, when will I start if it's not now? That's a good question to ask.
0: Yeah, and can I afford to continue living like this forever, you know? So let's talk about self-awareness. You know, you've mentioned that a lot. And we're supposing that people know what that means. I think I know what it means. And you're thinking, you know, I think you know what it means as well. And probably most people do. But what is that from your perspective? Because it sounds like such a term we
1: all know, but it's not easy to come by. Yeah, I would say the ability to understand yourself the ability to understand your ego and the ability to understand how you show up as a human being, I would say. The reason I throw ego in there is the, the level of self-awareness you want to get to is totally up to you. But I like to think of it kind of as when you're truly self-aware, you're actually able to live in the present moment. And all I mean by that is, say, say Praise and I had some sort of argument. D- disagreement, not necessarily an argument, right? A disagreement's fine. That happens. People have different perspectives. I might subconsciously, and this is self-awareness in a nutshell, I might subconsciously start to villainize praise. How dare praise think any differently than I? I'm right. I'm the guest. I'm, I'm here to be right. When that's ego, right? I am villainizing you because I want to feel better about myself and I'm not being self-aware to the point where I might actually be wrong. Like, What if praise is just right in this situation? Why am I egoing up and making praise the villain when in reality we're on the same team? That's Mm -hmm. happening in the present moment while we're having the conversation so I can adjust the way I show up as a human being. I think that is self-awareness in a nutshell. When you get to the point where you can work on the program as the program is running. That's the way I like to put it. Okay. And you know, you,
0: you talked about listening to podcasts and as one of the things that help you get self aware, you know, when you hear people's stories, it, it evokes some sort of thought. What other means would you recommend?
1: I think journaling is really good. Sitting oh, yeah. and taking time just to write down how you're feeling and write down your experiences. Meditation's great. One of the things I really enjoy, and it's hard because it's it takes such a long period of time. As a podcaster, as a content creator, I can look back and see where I was at this time last year. So I always say this, take your phone out and record a video and talk about what are you going through right now? What is your biggest pain? What is your biggest excitement? What are you looking forward to? What are you not looking forward to? What are you regretting? Are you showing up as the way you want? Record a video and save it and then look at that a month from today. And then look at that two Mm -hmm. months from today. That You want to talk about self-awareness? You're going to learn very quickly whether or not you're actually doing what you say you're doing. And that is just, is it painful at times to get that awareness? Yes. Is it potential opportunity in the future? Yes. I think that's a a great way. Hire a coach, watch TED Talks, ask yourself why before and after you do everything. Why am I showing up this way? Why am I avoiding that text message from my brother? Why am I, you know, why will help you dig deep?
0: Yeah, so we've talked about journaling. That's like, so journaling has to do with writing and then we've talked about listening to people and then speaking. That's like recording yourself. So like all these things, they they sort of listening, speaking and writing will they all help you become more self aware. In in my experience it's I would say it's more of journaling. Mm. Well, all of these are, are there. Even the podcast, I sort of started it so I could you know, hear myself, hear my thoughts and, and sort of bounce my own thoughts of other people. So, um, you know, when, when you talk to people and then you see the reaction to the, to what you're saying mm-hmm. and you, you sort of get a feedback on the quality of your conversation, you go back as well and you can listen to maybe the podcast you did, like you mentioned a few months ago and see what you were actually thinking, what frame of mind you were in. Then there's the blog that I started. When I When I post, sometimes they're really long and then someone might be like, why is it so long? But I'm not necessarily writing so someone can read the whole thing. I hope they will. I really do. And I believe at some point people will start reading the whole thing. But the main point is when you're able to articulate, especially in writing, what you're thinking, it's probably one of the best things because you can see very clearly. You know, when you're you're thinking just, you know, in your head, Thoughts run off very quickly. This thought passes. Another one comes to replace it. But when you write, mm. then you can see those thoughts staring at you. And it becomes, you know, very clear what it is that you're thinking. Yep. And, I, and I believe a few years back, if, I, if I'm if going to look at what I wrote, it's going to be very clear to me exactly what frame of mind I was in. And that's one of the reasons I do that. So probably that's something People might want to try if you're listening. Mm-hmm. You know, if you, if you have a blog, you know, you could, you could use that to get a pretty clear view on yourself yeah. and gather lessons over the years. You know, um, Atomic Habits was actually written from a series of mm-hmm. blog posts, newsletters and all of that. So he managed to gather every single thing. James Clear, right? He managed to gather the things he had, you know, been reflecting on over the years and make that into a book that's really wonderful.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's a great yeah. book, too. One of the best books out there. Definitely,
0: okay. I think we've been going for some time now, and this has been wonderful. Good. I want to hear from your end uh, anything you want to say to those listening, talk about maybe you want to talk about next level universe or general advice you would like to give to a young person or old person who knows.
1: <laughs> I would say it's it's a simple thing that I think is based on my experience and it kind of makes sense now and it might not have made sense at the beginning your reality becomes the parts of your imagination that you hold onto and pour into the longest so i did an episode 1073 episodes ago it was it was number 7 episode number 7 And it was called chase your effing dreams. That was the title, not the best title in the world, but that's what I came up with. And in this, I've think
0: i heard you mention that episode. I I have, I
1: mentioned it a lot because in that episode I said, I want to wake up when I want. And I, I was not making any money. I was still working at my job. I was miserable. I want to wake up when I want. I want to go to sleep when I want. I want to podcast with amazing people like praise. I want to be my own boss. I want to live my own life. I want to do my thing. And, Here we are, however many years later, and that's what I get to do. I'm a professional Uh podcaster, entrepreneur, like, awesome, cool. But that's the thing that I stayed focused on and I kept working on every day. I let a lot of other things go. I've lost friends. I've lost relationships. You know, a lot of other things haven't come with me. But this is the thing that I focused on and I poured into the longest. So find what that is for you. When we're kids, we have such this such a powerful imagination. Anything is possible when we're kids. But as we get older, things become less quote-unquote realistic. I can tell you being a podcaster is the least realistic thing in the world. But Praise is doing it and I'm doing it and there's a bunch of other people that are doing it. (laughs) And there's some people who are doing it at a high level. So you can too if you do it right and you, you focus on it. That's what I would say. And then for Next Level University, just search Next Level University on whatever podcast platform you listen to or on YouTube. We will come up and... Yeah. What we talk about is this. This is what we talk about in a nutshell. So I think it was, it was very much in alignment with that. And uh, anything you need, you can always reach out to me directly. My handle on Instagram is at neverquitkid.
0: All right. Thank you very much, Kevin. My pleasure. This has been wonderful. And I wish you the best. My regards to Alan and every
1: single person at Next Level University. Thank you. I appreciate you.